We're going to be reading uh, from James chapter 5, and we'll read uh, verses 1 to 12, or rather I'll be reading. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Well, welcome to all of you, a particular welcome to you if you are visiting with us this morning. My sermon this morning could be seen merely as an introduction to the Lord's table, a rather lengthy introduction to the Lord's table. Taking a break on the long weekend on this communion Sunday from the text of Revelation, but not from the message of Revelation. Taking the words of James chapter 5 to reinforce the message of the entire book of Revelation, where James says this, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Then exhorts us to look at the farmer, see the farmer. He is patient, waiting for his crops. So what I want to say this morning, using the vocabulary of the book of Revelation, is that sealed ones are patient ones. Sealed ones, in other words, God's people. Those that are sealed by God's Holy Spirit. Those that are, are, are marked by God. Do you remember the, the words in Revelation where God says, hold back any harm on the earth until I, until I seal those that belong to me. And then later in the book, we saw that, that God not only seal, numbers those that he has sealed, but he measures those that he has sealed as exercise of his ownership and his dominion. The sealed ones, both numbered and measured. Patience is evidence of being a sealed one. See the farmer. He is patient, waiting for the coming of the Lord. Sealed one is, as I say, the vocabulary 
of Revelation, which is a book, which is a vision by the Apostle John given to him by the Lord with pastoral purpose, with a pastoral aim. And one of those pastoral aims, one of those pastoral goals of the entire book of the Revelation is summed up in James's words in 5-7. It says, be patient, therefore, until the coming of the Lord. Sealed ones are patient ones. I, I'm sure that you long for in your own life, as I do also, not only in your own life, but for the people of God and for, for the gathering of God's people, that there would be, be evidence of the kingdom of God in our lives, in our nature, in our disposition, in our character, in our, in our speech, in, our, in the way that people interact with us, in the way that we interact with them, in our, in our whole demeanor as we walk in this world. Do you feel the weight and the glory also, the responsibility of bringing something of the evidence of the kingdom of God into this world through his people? Patience is an evidence. It's it's an evidence, it's a fruit of something that, that is a deeply at work in the life of a sealed one, of a believer. In the midst of, as James describes, those as, with people, we could use the word here from James as, as fattened hearts or fatty heart people. In the book of Revelation, we've, we've been using the vocabulary of earth dwellers, as James describes them well here also. Earth dwellers, those who have their have their rest, those who have their identity, those who have their treasure in this world. In fact, the book of Revelation opens with words of the intention of showing patience. And as I hope as we get to the end of the book of Revelation, that your, your, your understanding of the entire, your, of the entire book will, will change. I don't know how you understood or, or perceived the book of Revelation when we said, well, we're going to go through the book of Re Revelation. All of you had some in your imagination, in your idea, some, some perception of that book. It might have been a good one. It might have been a, a very, very negative one. Why do we have to go there? As we go through the series, as we get to the end of it, I would like you to be able to say this about the book of Revelation. When you, when you hear of the book of Revelation, that, oh, that is the place of patience. It is the place where God teaches his churches patience. As the book opens by the Apostle John, he says this, doesn't he? He says in, in Revelation 1.9, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance, the patient endurance that is in Christ. Patience. I don't believe James is speaking here of patience with one another, although that is a a wonderful and necessary fruit of the Spirit in our lives to be patient and bear with one another. But I believe that the patience that James is speaking of here in the life of a farmer, when he says, be patient until the coming of the Lord, particularly in the context of the, the abuse of the rich landowners that James is speaking of, patience here is a patience with the age in which we live. It is patience with the world around us, a world that often afflicts us. And if you were here last week, you heard a message on how Christians are invincible but exposed. It's patience in the midst of that exposure. And it is patience with the Lord. You ever think of yourself as being patient with God? 
<laughs> we think of God's patience with us, but, but just reverse it for a sec. The psalmist says, I waited patiently for the Lord. This is a Christian life. Patience with the age, patience with the world in which we live, and, and patience with the world. When Christians are impatient with the Lord, when we are impatient with the world in which we live, we, our, our inner clock gets out of sync. You know, the inner clock that we have that says, Now, Lord! <laughs> That's our inner clock. And that inner clock of now gets out of sync with the Lord's clock, which is a thousand days or a thousand years or but a day. That's the Lord's clock. And when Christians become impatient with the age, they are at risk of being at one with the age. That's why the revelation is given. Churches that were vulnerable to the age in, in which they lived, and endurance was necessary, patience was necessary, not to, to endure. You see, in the word patience, it automatically implies uh, an, an antipathy, doesn't it? You're not patient with the things that you dearly love and appreciate. You're patient with the things that threaten you. You're patient with the things that, that you have a sense of alienation from and, and want to get out of and away from. Those are the things that, that we are patient with. We are at peace with God, but not at peace with the world. Those are two entirely different things, to have the peace of God in the world, but not be at peace with the world. The world is something that we endure. The world is something that we have patience while we live here in the world, waiting for the coming of the Lord. And so here's my main point this morning, what I would like you to take home with you, that patience is, is an evidence of something. Patience is a, a fruit of something, of something that, that flowing deeper within us, like the seed in the ground. The sealed ones, that is Christians, are, are so mindful of and confident in the seed that God has sown in this world. And that seed is Christ. That seed is the gospel that, that God the Father has sown into this world by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is God's seed in this world. And Christians are so mindful of that seed and so confident in that seed that it actually governs us. That's what patience is. It, it's, the, it's the fruit of something that is governing us, something that is deeper within us, that is transforming us. And patience is what comes out of people who are experiencing something of what God has sown into this world. The farmer sowing the seed, waiting for its fruit. Just, just imagine. Just, it, it's a great metaphor, isn't it? The farmer sowing his seed, waiting for his fruit, as a spiritual picture of the Christian. Not very many of us even put seeds in the dirt anymore. <laughs> even, you have to tell your children and your grandchildren where that stuff comes from. It, somebody actually has to grow it. It actually goes in the dirt, in the ground, and, and it comes out of the ground, and, and farmers grow it. 
But we're, we're not as connected with these kind of agrarian metaphors as, as people once were. But James says, see, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. And I'm going to guide us through three simple points this morning. Patience is like that seed in the ground because of three verbs. This is the substance of patience. This is the stuff of patience, three verbs. You understand something, you trust in something, and you expect something. The understanding is of, of a hidden reality, of a reality that is, that is hidden in the ground. It, it's so very, very simple. The seed goes in the dirt. You can't see the seed, it's covered by dirt. But there's an understanding that the farmer has, even though it's not visible by the, by the, by the sight, by the eye. <laughs> it's, it's the stuff that Christians need to possess in order to be patient in this world. Trusting, trusting in a purpose a purpose that is invincible, just like the seed that goes in the ground. That, that seed is going to grow. The seed has power in and of itself. It is a metaphor of God's power, of God's purpose to accomplish his will. It is invincible. It is indomitable. It is insuperable. <laughs> I, had to, I had to write that out. Write out the word insuperable. The words super able. I had to write it out myself. Super able. Insuperable. What God has sown into this world is super able. And it's the stuff of patience in the life of a Christian. If you do not believe that about God, you are at risk. You are vulnerable to the age in which we live. And the third one is, the third verb is expecting. A farmer expects, very, very simple. Like, like this is the reason the seed goes in the ground. The reason God has sown Christ into this world is for a harvest. Praise the Lord. We're a part of it. It's not just all for naught. It's not a game. It's not just a hobby. It's for, it's for fruit. It's amazing. And the Christian is expecting. That is the stuff of patience. If you're not expecting something, we're at risk. All of these are the stuff of patience. It is the fruit of of experiencing God in this way. You see, there's, there's no other way for us to ever fulfill all of the kinds of the things that the Bible talks about, except there actually be a living connection in us with God. You unplug us from God, and patience falls to the ground like a rock with gravity. We need the stuff of patience. And it is to... Experience God. Experience God as someone who is in control of unseen realities, as somebody who is indisputable in his purpose, and somebody who is certain in the future and of his coming. This is how sealed ones are patient with the age in which we live. 
Hundreds of years ago, a man named Thomas Manton wrote this, patience is affliction without murmuring. It's easy to define patience, isn't it? We all know what patience is. But thinking about patience with the age. Consider this farmer after of the, of the, the fattened heart ones who oppress him. Patience is easier said than done, isn't it? It's, it's really easy to recommend patience to people. It's a whole lot harder to practice it. Yeah, you should, you should be patient. <laughs> that would be a good idea for you. You should be patient. I remember my own Christian life, the, and I see this uh, in, in the lives of, of people all the time. They, they're, they're, they're tossed and they're, they're startled and they're, they're set back and they, they say, Lord, what, what is going on in my life? And, and what is going on in their life is the startling reality that patience is a thing. I mean, we know this stuff, but living it and understanding what is the stuff of it is so significant for the people of God. If we would bear fruit and have evidence of the kingdom of God in the place in the world in which we live. It's amazing. But our defaults are not this. Our, our, my default with the brokenness of the world, with the affliction of the world, with, with the weights of the world, with the, with the cares of the world, sometimes with the injustice of the world. And, and James talks about the prophets that have gone before and, and Job and, and the looking for the justice of God in the world in which we live. My, my, my reflex, and I talk about this a lot as Christians because as Christians, don't we have a responsibility more than simply to live out our reflexes? To live something of a transformed life. But my reflex to the brokenness of the world is not patience, it's fear, it's anger, it's cynicism, it's unbelief. And so more than just the command of patience, <laughs> more than just the, the moral imperative of patience, we need the stuff of patience. In the book of Revelation, God help us probably one of the most dust-covered books of the New Testament in the church today, is, I believe, the most significant message of God for the church. We stay away from it because we're, we're afraid of it. Pastors stay away from it because they're, they're scared of it. And people are skeptical of it. You know, so many different crystal balls. What really is going on? Nobody really seems to know what's going on. This is the essence of it that I hope you get by the end of, by, by, of going through this book. That there's no other more significant speaking of God to the church that is at risk. A word of patience enduring of evil. Patience with the age. And so, these three simple points that I'll go through briefly. First of all is showing the reality that the realities that are hidden from our eyes. This is the stuff of patience. A farmer's seed is hidden from the eye by dirt. So also the Christian understands that there is an unseen reality in this world. But being unseen does not make it non-existent. It's okay to live in a show-me show world. It's okay to say, show me. But do you understand that that's exactly what God has done? He's shown us what is unseen to our eyes. It's marvelous. 
This is why John's revelation is the stuff of patience. Because it is a revelation of Jesus. Like just like it's a revelation. <laughs> we use the word so so quickly. It's an opening up, it's a it's a telling. It's a showing us. It's a, it's a revelation of Jesus and the unseen reality that he has dominion over. For example, we live in a very sophisticated world, in a world that has, in its sophistication, has scrubbed its thinking of a real devil and Satan. Scrubbed clean, pretty much, from our thoughts. So the stuff of patience, the stuff of a farmer with a seed in the ground covered the dirt is to grasp something of which is invisible, of what is not seen to us, a, a revelation. You know, patience begins with a palpable sense of evil in the world. That's where patience starts. It's enduring something, right? If, if you're really calm, with absolutely no sense that there's, there's nothing wrong in the world? That's not called patience. That's called leisure. <laughs> that's called ease. Patience is enduring something that can destroy you. That's what patience is. The fishermen talk about their patience. With all due respect to you that are good at catching fish, throwing your pole over the side of the boat and waiting for four hours for something to, to hook itself on the other end. That's not really patience. That's a lot of leisure time. That's what that is. Unless your family's starving at home and they're going to die unless you catch a fish, then it's, then it's patience. <laughs> Enduring something that has the power to destroy you. Secondly, the farmer trusts the, the seed that's in the soil, the power of the seed. The growth is completely outside of his control. He can worry, he can fret, it's not going to help. He's confident in the seed's power. It, it's, it's late spring, early summer, and my dad was a wheat farmer. I grew up in Red Deer, Alberta. Dad was a wheat farmer, and this was the time of fretting in our home. <laughs> the seed's been planted weeks ago. Where is it? <laughs> Where is it? Is it going to come up? Oh, my. My, my, my mother's saying, Andrew, it's going to come up. But for, for him, it was a matter of subsistence. If the seed doesn't come up, my family of seven will have needs. How am I going to pay my bills? I bought a new tractor last fall. It's a trust in the confidence and the power of the seed. That is the stuff of patience. And the, the power and the authority of the lamb is indisputable. That is the stuff of patience. It is the substance of what makes Christians live in this world with patience towards all the things of this world. And this understanding that, that Jesus is the sovereign, supreme one through whom all things were made and by whom all things, seen and unseen, hold together. And this is the revelation of John as well. And it's not just theoretical doctrine. 
It makes, it's to make up the stuff of, of who we are, to penetrate into the deepest part of our thinking. You know, it's Canada Day, and I hear a lot of people very anxious and full of anxiety about what's going on in our country, and we very patiently pray for our leaders. We pray for all the things going on in our country, but inside of us, there's fear. What is this going to look like 10 years from now? What are the schools going to be like? What are the universities going to be like? What's it going to look like for me to try to say that I believe in Jesus Christ? I believe the Bible to be the word of God. And the very things that we fret about are the very things that have a direct relation to a knowledge of the sovereignty of the Lamb. And it should penetrate to our character, to our demeanor, to our sleep at night, to our words, to our, our graciousness in every aspect of our life. Finally, thirdly, the farmer expects a precious fruit, a, a precious result. His waiting is not eternal, it's only until the harvest. And that expectancy is the stuff of patience. The patient Christian thinks about the end often. Come, Lord Jesus. If corn or wheat can be precious enough for a farmer to be patient for, then the glory of Christ's return should be more precious to the spirit-filled Christian than any produce that comes out of, this war, out of this earth. I hope you're enjoying the produce of the earth right now. We're eating raspberries right now out of our backyard. It's absolutely fantastic. And all the things that you've put in the ground in your garden this year, and your, your mouth is watering, looking forward, expecting all the meals that you will make, all of the things that you will enjoy, all the delicacies that you will have because of the good produce from the land. How much more is the glory of the coming of the Lord who will harvest the whole earth? How much more precious is that to the Christian? The coming of the Lord is a very great glory. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, 18, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Wow, praise the Lord. This table is a table of patience. You see, God is patient. When he says, be patient, like a farmer, he is saying what Paul says in Ephesians 5, 1, be ye imitators of God. God is patient. God never expects anything of us that he isn't already the perfection of. That's because he's holy. He's perfect. He's pure. And he is patient. And this table is both a display of patience and a nourisher of patience. As you eat today, I want you to, to see God's patience in the food. I also want you to be nourished in patience because as long as we eat this meal together, the Lord has not come. We're still waiting for the Lord as we eat this meal together. And as long as we continue eating it together, we are still waiting. It should nourish patience in us. But it also displays it. It's a table of the shed blood of Christ and God's, Christ's broken body, not for his friends, but for his enemies. The Apostle Paul speaks so clearly of his own vision of the patience of God and his conversion on the, on, on, on the road when the Lord struck him with light. He said, I was an oppressor. 
I was an accuser. I was a murderer of the people of God. But God showed me and made an example of his patience. And so eating this meal is itself an activity of patience and a display of patience. He's patient with us. I read the story of Balaam being called to Balak to curse Israel this week and the, the patience of the Lord to put a donkey in his way to keep Balaam from walking in to the drawn, slaughtering sword of an angel. Thank the Lord for his patience. The Lord is patient. He's not slow to keep his promises. He's patient. Enduring a world that hates him. Enduring enemies that curse him. Live in his world. Creating idols that they worship. He's patient. And he's patient with us. By showing us mercy. If you're serving the meal, could you please come to the front and I will pray and then we will eat. Lord, bless this meal, I pray. Nourishes us in the things of God, not vaguely or generally, but specifically the broken body of our Lord and the shed blood of Jesus. Thank you for your patience. I pray in Jesus' name.